You're listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast of readings and archives from City Lights books and publishers. To learn more, visit www.citylights.com. Greetings, everyone. Peter Maravellis here on behalf of City Lights booksellers and publishers and the City Lights Foundation. I would like to welcome you to this day-long symposium celebrating the life and work of Stanislav Grof, one of the world's leading researchers in psychedelic therapy, breathwork, and the exploration of non-ordinary states of consciousness. This event is being presented by City Lights in conjunction with MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, and Synergetic Press, as we inaugurate the publication of a new book. It's titled Psyche Unbound, Essays in Honor of Stanislav Grof. It's edited by Richard Tarnas and Sean Kelly and published by MAPS in conjunction with Synergetic Press. MAPS is a 501c nonprofit research and educational organization founded in 1986 that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics and marijuana. Synergetic Press is an independent publisher that for over 35 years has been producing books to promote mindful discussions of humankind's present and future lives. They have published unique and paradigm shifting ideas in subjects such as ecology, sustainability, psychedelics, consciousness, and cultural studies that inspire both individual and social change. Psyche Unbound is an extraordinary compilation of 22 essays in honor of Stanislav Grof's 90th birthday. The contributions range over the course of the past half century and include Joseph Campbell's 1971 Cooper Union Lecture, setting forth the importance of Dr. Groff's research, also included as a wide range of acknowledgments of Dr. Groff's work from such notable figures as Houston Smith, Fritjof Capra, and researchers Charles Grobe, Michael Mithofer, Thomas Ridlinger, Jenny Wade, William Keepen, and several others. Their contributions highlight the path-breaking work, life work of Stanislav Groff and explore the depths of his research the significance of his work's influence upon the study of religion and mysticism and upon the current renaissance of psychedelic therapy, the implications of the transpersonal experience for social and cultural change, as well as findings from quantum and relativistic physics, which parallel the discoveries and insights of Mr. Groff's work and much, much more. The influence of Stanislav Groff's work upon the landscape of transpersonal psychology has been significant to say the least. In 1969, together with Abraham Maslow and Anthony Sutich, amongst others, Mr. Groff helped initiate the publication of the first issue of the Journal of Transpersonal Psychology, the leading academic journal in the field. The very term transpersonal itself began appearing in academic journals from 1970 onward, in great part because of the trailblazing research of Dr. Groff. His exploration of the perinatal or birth-related realm as an organizing principle for the psyche was groundbreaking. His innovative work with holotropic breathwork has changed the landscape of therapeutic practice. So throughout a lifetime of work, he has generated a map of human consciousness that offers powerful tools to researchers, therapists, healers, artists, and anyone interested in self-development to explore the spectrum of consciousness. His work has been recognized as having both inherited and extended the great revolution in psychology begun by Freud and Jung. 
This makes our gathering today an historic occasion that here at City Lights we are honored to be participating in. We hope to be able to celebrate and revisit Dr. Groff's work, exploring the myriad aspects of his research and its promise for the future. Special thanks go out to the many co-sponsors of this event. They are organizations that are at the forefront of the exploration of transpersonal dimensions and therapeutic and pharmacological advocacy and research. We are grateful to them for their participation. Our co-sponsors include the California Institute of Integral Studies, TAM Integration, Psychedelic Seminars, the Esalen Institute, Psychedelic Society UK, Psychedelics Today, and Double Bind Magazine. This event is also being sponsored by the City Lights Foundation, which is carrying on the legacy of our founder, the late Lawrence Ferlinghetti, by encouraging deep literacy and critical thinking through our various publications and programs. As we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that this event is being broadcast from the site of the ancestral homelands of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples. On the peninsula where I stand, eight different dialects of their language were once spoken. So it is with respect to those who came before us that I would like to begin our weekend event and offer a moment of silence to stand in recognition of the place that we occupy. And also to recognize how many of us attending possess a privilege that many in the world do not. It is in honor of compassion, understanding, and empathy that I request we stand as witness to those who are presently suffering in the world and that we inaugurate this event in the spirit of equity, justice, and equality for all. As many of you know, City Lights is a publisher as well as a bookstore. Over the years, we've published a wide range of books on consciousness studies, from the Yahe Letters by William Burroughs to Carl Ruck's Mushrooms, Myths, and Mithras. So from the books that we publish to the books that we carry, City Lights has always made sure to showcase the works of writers and thinkers that further the cause of self-inquiry and the betterment of society. Our founder, the late Lawrence Ferlinghetti, placed a premium on keeping in stock and publishing books that would open hearts and minds. His formative experiences in the earlier part of his life led to a lifelong commitment in support of critical thinking and the roads that lead to the exploration of consciousness. From the writers of the Beat Generation and their interest in Zen, yoga and meditation and Asian philosophy to the emergence of psychedelic culture in the 60s and the great explosion of research in psychoactive compounds in the 80s and 90s, City Lights has always supported and nurtured these currents, so it is with great pleasure that we continue this grand tradition with this weekend's symposium. So our opening session today is called Charting the Way of the Psychonaut. With it, we hope to open a window into the life and work of Stanislav Grof, giving you a kind of a baseline for his work and generally setting the tone for the rest of the day. Our moderator for this opening session is David Presti. David Presti teaches neurobiology, psychology, and cognitive science at the University of California in Berkeley, where he has been a, on the faculty in molecular and cell biology for 30 years. For more than a decade, he worked in the clinical treatment of addiction and of post-traumatic stress disorder at the Department of Veteran Affairs Medical Center in San Francisco. And for the past 18 years, he has been teaching neuroscience and conversing about science with Tibetan Buddhist monastics in India, Bhutan, and Nepal. He is the author of Foundation Concepts in Neuroscience, A Brain-Mind Odyssey, and of 
Mind Beyond Brain, Buddhism Science and the Paranormal. In this session, we are deeply honored to be able to host Stanislav Grof himself. He will be joined by his wife, Brigitte Grof, who's also a therapist and practitioner. They will be joined by Richard Tarnas, the co-editor of Psyche Unbound, which is such a gorgeous, gorgeous edition. And I'm hoping that you get a chance to pick it up. Richard Tarnas is a professor at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco, where he founded the graduate program in philosophy, cosmology, and consciousness. He was formerly the director of programs and education at Esalen, where he worked with Stanislav Grof for many years. He is the author of The Passion of the Western Mind and Cosmos and Psyche, which received the Book of the Year Prize from the Scientific and Medical Network and is the basis for the documentary series, The Changing of the Gods. He is past president of the International Transpersonal Association and serves on the board of governors for the San Francisco Jung Institute. Also joining him will be Sean Kelly, the co-editor of Psyche Unbound. Sean Kelly is professor of philosophy, cosmology and consciousness at the California Institute of Integral Studies. He is the author of Becoming Gaia on the Threshold of Planetary Initiation and of Coming Home, The Birth and Transformation of the Planetary Era. He is also co-editor of Ken Wilbur in Dialogue, Conversations with Leading Transpersonal Thinkers. Along with his academic work, Sean teaches Tai Chi and is a facilitator of the group process work that reconnects, developed by Joanne Macy. Also on the panel will be Rick Doblin. Rick Doblin is the founder and executive director of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. He received his doctorate in public policy from Harvard's Kennedy School of Government and has spent a lifetime immersed in the study of psychoactive substances and their healing and therapeutic properties. He's also explored the potential of psychedelic drugs to catalyze religious experience. His research led him to conduct a 34-year follow-up study to Timothy Leary's Concord Prison Experiment. Mr. Doblin has studied with Dr. Groff and was among the first to be certified as a holotropic breathwork practitioner. He founded MAPS in 1986 and has strived to develop legal context for the beneficial uses of psychedelics and marijuana. Uh, he currently resides in Boston with his wife and three children. Also with us today is Susan hess Legias, the producer of the film, The Way of the Psychonaut exploring the life and work of Stanislav Grof. Ms. Legeus is one of those whose life was transformed by Dr. Grof's therapeutic process. Her documentary utilizes her personal existential crisis as a gateway to the impact of Stanislav Grof's work from the micro to the macro. Uh, we will also be joined by William Keepen. William Keepen is co-founder of the Satyana Institute and the Gender Equity and Reconciliation International Project, which has organized more than 300 trainings in 12 countries for reconciliation between men and women. Mr. Keepen is a mathematical physicist who conducted extensive research on sustainable energy strategies for abating global warming and climate change and presented testimony to the U.S. House of Representatives and several European governments. He trained with Stanislav Grof for three years in the late 80s and has applied holotropic breathwork extensively in his work. He is the author of four books, including Divinity Duality, The Power of Reconciliation Between Men and Women, Belonging to God, Spirituality, Science, and the Universal Path of Divine Love, and is co-editor of Song of the Earth, 
the emerging synthesis of spiritual and scientific worldviews. And last but not least, we are honored to have with us Diana Haug. Ms. Haug is well known in the Groff community as a longtime teacher of Dr. Groff's work and leading facilitator of holotropic breathwork workshops in many contexts and in many different countries. She has taught and led training events under the umbrella of Groff transpersonal training for three decades. Diane Haug has maintained a strong interest in applying holotropic principles within a wide range of and variety of cultural contexts, including social and environmental activism, women's leadership, transformational education, and gender equity and reconciliation. Since 2016, she has taught Dr. Groff's theoretical work and supported experiential breathwork sessions throughout the Center for Psychedelic Therapy and Research Certification Program at the California Institute of Integral Studies. Diane Haug currently is serving as the director of the 2021 CIIS CPTR Mentoring Program and is founding director of the Groff Legacy Program uh, project, I should say, USA. She is developing programs supporting those training for roles as psychedelic therapists and sitters. Diane Haug makes her home in the mountains outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I would like to note that we're going to be posting links in the chat function with more information about the Groff Legacy Project. So please, please do keep your eye out for that. So without much further ado, Please welcome our moderator for this session, David Presti, to begin the proceedings. David? Thank you. Thank you, Peter. And welcome, everyone. Yes, indeed. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a delight it is to be having this celebration of your life and work, Stan, and, and to see you and Brigitte here today. I, yay for that. And, uh, and to celebrate the publication of this beautiful book, Psyche Unbound, describing something of the extended impact of the concepts and practices you've developed. And you've always been led by empirical data, a, a real scientific approach, and, and let the data guide your formulation of frameworks and for more deeply understanding and healing the mind. And uh, I've always thought it's so cool that your life trajectory can be captured in a single word that you coined, you know, holotropic. And uh, what what an extraordinary word and concept that is, you know, that the psyche, like the physical body, has an inherent capacity uh, to heal given supportive circumstances. To me, you've always been kind of like uh, an Einstein of the psyche and your contributions have truly catalyzed and will continue to catalyze a, a revolution in scientific thinking about mind and consciousness. And, and you've been an inspiration and teacher to so, so many folks. And uh, uh, we'll hear something about that all day today. And so I'd like to get this started by just uh, passing the baton to Rick Tarnas and Sean Kelly to introduce the book and to further introduce you. And then we can go around and each spend just uh, two or three minutes speaking to the impact of Stan's life and work on each of us. And then we'll open it up to some longer stories. Uh, Rick, would you like to take it from here? Thank, thank you, David. Um, 
thank you very much for uh, this opportunity, really, for us to showcase the the Festschrift, the uh, book of essays in honor of Stan, but also to have Stan with us and to share with him and with all of you out there who are listening to us and watching us today this um, this celebration of uh, such an amazing individual who has given us so much and 90 years old. And I have to say, it's not just um, wonderful that we get to celebrate you uh, while you are with us, but also to actually have finished this, this uh, anthology of essays that we've been collecting for over, over 20 years. Really going back to the 80s and 90s, I started um, bringing them together because I knew, uh, of course, Joseph Campbell and Houston Smith, uh, Francis Vaughn were all f good friends and part of the world of teachers that, that Stan and Stan in particular kind of brought together there at Esalen back in the, uh, back in the 70s. And uh, they had already uh, in, early on, I think Joe... Joseph Campbell was was the first to make a, a major public statement uh, in one of his books, uh, which we've now is the, now is the opening essay in the Festrift in Psyche Unbound. Uh, we call it a Festrift, the, the the traditional name for a an anthology of essays that uh, a group of of scholars contribute that honor a scholar who has given so much for a whole lifetime and in their in their uh, senior years one brings forth a, a festrift a, a, a book of writings that are a a, a festival a, a festive ce celebration of uh, of that scholar and with Stan it's not just celebrating a great scholar it's celebrating someone who has given us uh, a a different way of approaching life and of living our own lives and of deepening uh, our own self-understanding. Um, I'll just say a, a minute about, I guess, since Sean and I are kind of starting off with uh, a little bit about the about Psyche Unbound, the book, uh, but also are supposed to say a little bit about our how Stan, what role Stan has played in our lives, his, his influence. I'll just say one minute more on the on the book Psyche Unbound. So it's basically these are I have to say these are extraordinary uh, essays. And one advantage of uh, the fact that although I had originally in mind the um, idea of bringing it out in time for Stan's seventieth birthday, life uh, and uh, all the other. Uh, unexpected and things probably I should have expected, uh, complications and so forth delayed that. But I have to say, to be able to bring it forth with his 90th birthday, with Stan so um, lucid and, and engaged with, with, with us and able to uh, appreciate what is in this book, has also allowed us to bring in a number of essays that uh, would not have been possible had we published it 20 years ago, really important ones, including uh, 
contributions from people who are at the cutting edge of the current psychedelic renaissance, which also was not happening 20 years ago and is now uh, at, the, at this point with Stan uh, being... Uh, Stan basically is the person, I think, more than anybody who links the earlier psychedelic awakening of modern Western culture to, or as a kind of initiation into extraordinary states of consciousness, but also into uh, new dimensions of, of reality that had been marginalized by the uh, mainstream evolution of the modern mind. And th that enormous transformation that took place in the starting in the 50s and, and definitely in the 60s and 70s on uh, then having to be forced underground by the political and medical establishment, making it illegal, the uh, psychedelic research and therapy, even though there were so many psychotherapists um, I can remember even in the early 1970s how uh, when I first went to work with Stan on my own doctoral dissertation on psychedelic therapy, and it was widely held by many psychotherapists that the future of psychotherapy would be tremendously enhanced by the use of psychedelics as, as an uh, integral part of the therapeutic procedure. And it was just, um, it just took decades, and including by the, the courageous and um, strenuous work of people like, like Rick Doblin, who's with us today, that has brought about this new uh, renaissance of, of understanding, research, and legal, uh, legalization of the psychedelic therapeutic um, potential. But Stan was the person who kind of not only in the 1960s and 70s had, had articulated uh, such a, um, a profound and expert uh, understanding of this powerful sacred medicine and brought it into a, and was able to articulate it in a way that psychiatrists and psychotherapists could integrate what is basically a uh, a shamanic uh, and mystery religion from the ancient times to now, uh, what is a a powerful ritual sacred medicine. He was able to integrate it into the psychiatric and psychotherapeutic uh, vocabulary and understanding in a way that made a bridge and sustained the possibility of moving to this Renaissance during the years it was uh, illegal. So. Um, we owe Stan so much on that account. Um, I'll just say one last thing about my uh, uh, the, the personal influence on Stan, but I, I can only hint at it. Stan not only uh, was um, an enormous influence on, in, in teaching me and shaping my, my worldview, I mean, in some ways he came in at such a fundamental level that anything I engaged uh, as a scholar, as a teacher, as a, as a uh, liver of lo human life, um, has been deeply transformed by what Stan opened up to me uh, in terms of 
you know, how do, how do we engage the challenges of life? How do, we, how do we explore the deep psyche? How do we recognize that even uh, pain and uh, even experiences that seem to be utterly ones of defeat or failure or never getting out, the no exit, the hell situation, that all those are part of a larger process of unfolding, that are part of a mystery that, we're, uh, that is unfolding through us. And to trust that process, to trust the, the uh, kind of organic uh, spiritual wisdom of life and of our own souls and bodies to bring forth the, the, the transformation that uh, is somehow our, our journeys, uh, our journey and our, our, our destiny. Um, his trust has been conveyed to so many thousands of people now around the world, and that is, a, is an extraordinary gift. So I'll leave it there, send it over to, to Sean to uh, say more. I, Sean has just been the most wonderful co-editor with me, really making it possible to, to bring this, um, this long journey to, to a successful conclusion. So I'm, I'm very grateful to you, Sean, and would love to hear uh, all you have to say now. Thank you, Rick. And uh, thank you, Stan. I mean, I, thanks. I, there, there are really no words for the gratitude I feel, the, the debt of uh, gratitude I feel to you, um, the profound impact you've had on my personal life, my professional life. Uh, and I'm so grateful that we can all be here to honor you and your life's work. Um, thank you too, to Synergetic Press, to MAPS, to David for for your, your um, moderating. Um, I'm going to leave my uh, some comments about um, the nature of this profound impact on my personal and professional life, maybe for after, but I'll just, I'll just say uh, a few words about the Feshlift, the, this volume and, and why um, I'm so grateful for it now, not only because we were able to present this, as we put it in the, in the introduction, this bouquet of flowers, as it were, a gathering of some of the many blossoms that have, have uh, sprouted uh, from the seeds that you have cast throughout your your uh, generative uh, career, Stan. But it's the the timing that this bouquet has arrived that we're offering to the public and to ourselves. When I when I behold this bouquet and I smell the flowers in this time of accelerating planetary crisis, two years into a global pandemic in a dominant culture, at least in, in this country, but elsewhere, which would like to convince us that we are nothing but isolated individuals confined to our personal biographies, uh, these vulnerable little bodies um, at the mercy of corporate structures and, and impersonal forces that want to transform the planet into a mere collection of objects to be bought and sold this dominant worldview that we're all participating in and the anxiety that we feel, even those of us like myself who are so privileged to be protected from the worst manifestations of it for now, at least. This bouquet has arrived at that moment. And when I smell these flowers and I remember what your work has uh, helped me to realize and experience that I'm not only this skin encapsulated ego as, as your uh, old former uh, friend and colleague, uh, Alan Watts put it, <clears throat> but
but that I am essentially a being that participates in mind at large, in the soul of the world, in, in a fluid, holographic, cosmic process. When I remember that, I can relax into my deeper nature uh, and uh, not only gain some, uh, what, some comfort, some release from the, the increasing pressures of our times, uh, but I can contact uh, these deeper resources of our shared interbeing that uh, help me do whatever, you know, whatever I might be able to do to further the, the transformation that we are all undergoing together, the deep archetypal nature of which, of, of a death-rebirth struggle, you have done so much to help me understand the nature of. So this is... Um, maybe all I'll like to share for now about the nature of this volume. It comes at such a great time for me personally. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that it will be received by others uh, in this time and uh, help them in that way as well. So that's all I'll say for now. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Sean and, and Rick. And, and Stan, Brigitte, would would you like to say anything at this point around the uh, so far around the fresh drift or anything. I know we'll hear more from you later. Very much. Thank you. Maybe I will use this uh, uh, situation to say something that I always uh, do these days uh, for uh, uh, situations like this. Uh, people know that uh, I have had a stroke uh, about three years ago, and uh, it uh, affected me very much uh, speech. Uh, I had no um, <coughs> perilignity, uh, uh, and also uh, I hope it didn't uh, influence my um, my. Uh, Right. <laughs> <laughs> what Germans say, Verstand und Vernunft, you know, both levels of. Uh, yeah, uh, So I would like to mention uh, also uh, Brigitte, whom you see on the side. Uh, we have known each other um, 36 uh, years and uh, she has worked, you know, for uh, holotropic breathwork. And then uh, uh, when I was alone, uh, walking around in the, in the, the world, then uh, we connected by uh, telephone and uh, the reunion, uh, uh, which is now about... Uh, six, seven what? years ago. Six, seven years, okay. And uh, thanks to her, you know, this, this very, very uh, uh, late uh, age for me, uh, including the, the stroke, is really the uh, most beautiful time that I have had in my life. And I thank you for that. Mm. And we have been for, for uh, I, uh, 24 hours, I think, for, for years now. And so she knows a lot uh, about what I know, and uh, she would help me, you know, if I if I lose some uh, some uh, words through this. 
anyway, it was now for for uh, Rick and uh, Sean, you are just very close and wonderful friends of me. And uh, I thank you also, uh, you know, create, uh, help to create the uh, community in the CIS and uh, the amazing situation where uh, the situation where people can talk about psychedelics and also uh, astrology, you know. Um, I believe that is something that's coming in the future. Uh, but you have done this for, for years now at the CIS. And uh, I think, Rick, because you were so much also in, in uh, SLN, you missed very connection with what's happening, you know, uh, during the 60s and 70s and so on. Uh, you really know all the people who are now in in uh, uh, the sixth shift, and uh, I have I have watched you know how you were trying to find out how you can choose you know all the best uh, best uh, parts uh, of uh, uh, the articles that people were saying. Of uh, for Rick and I feel that that uh, in some sense we connected uh, almost like in a, in a karmic way because when you came to to SLN um, as, uh, working on uh, your dissertation there uh, you wanted to stay in SLN and uh, there was only one place in in so many different uh, places which was under under us. Uh, so from the from the very beginning, uh, you know, we were uh, working as as uh, friends and as as uh, um, team. Turkeys, yeah. <laughs> now with uh, both you and Sean, you have an amazing sort of ability to articulate things, which of course I have not been able to do, and uh, I'm appreciated for that. And now for, for Sean, even at the time when, when uh, I was not uh, uh, at the time at, uh, at CIS, you were actually coming to uh, Mill Valley for me when you, when you had some kind of issues that you want to, want to uh, clarify. You know, we were, we were getting together for, for a restaurant and, and uh, I really appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. And also both of us, uh, uh, very much involved in the in the Susan um, uh, film, and uh, also the the edition that she has, which which were the interviews of different uh, different people. Both of you uh, contributed to it tremendously, and also what what when the ubiquity, you know, the different uh, interviews that were there. Uh, uh, both of you really appreciated. Mm. So. Uh, Thank you, thank you so much. And also thank you so much thank for you. our Synergetic Press, for Deborah. Synergetic Press, yeah. And City Lights, Peter, and uh, of course, uh, Susan for the film and all of you for being here and contributing. And of course, Rick, Rick for Maps. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much.
Thank, thank you, Stan and, and Brigitte. Um, just wonderful to hear hear you both. And Stan, as far as not being able to articulate, ha, huh, <laughs> after, um, after, after listening to your superb articulation in multiple languages for six, seven decades uh, that you've been doing, uh, or well, uh, almost nine decades actually that you were doing, but that I personally listened to for, for 50 years, you're you're allowed to sit back and let other people articulate a few things too. Well, it's also is everything is recorded. We have the shift network courses that that you can watch, stand, teach, and we have the book and the film, and so so it's all conserved. So, right. Mm -hmm. I think for me, you know, some of the other languages actually were problems for for. Um, English, you know, because uh, there are different uh, different sort of ways mm -hmm. that that you see differently in in other languages, and I I know I put it once in a while into mm -hmm. into English. And it takes a lot of courage to to go, get get out in the world of this big audience, and you know, not knowing if you will find all the words. So I really appreciate that so much that that you're doing this for for being with people. So. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we all appreciate how how extraordinary how extraordinarily fortunate it is to have the two of you here in in person, so to speak, uh, uh, today. It's just extraordinary. Um, well, we'll hear more in a few minutes from from the two of you and uh, from everyone. But uh, to finish the opening round, uh, Rick uh, Doblin, you want to. Take a few minutes to introduce. Yes, I, I would very much appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, before I talk a little bit just about how um, Stan has influenced me, I, I want to follow up on just one moment what uh, Rick Tarna said is that really Stan has been this through line of support for psychedelics despite, you know, incredible cultural pressure to turn away at different times. And I felt throughout my entire interactions with Stan that willingness to talk about the role that psychedelics would play in this larger healing process. It was never this idea that uh, we've learned from it, we can leave them behind, there's no need anymore. I just felt that the um, support for that concept that psychedelics would have a role to play was something that Stan really courageously kept and was the through line from the 60s to the being shut down and now to the Renaissance. So there's just, um, four particular um, key turning points in my life at which um, Stan was present um, at all of them. And the first one was really um, 1972 when I was 18 years old and I had been doing LSD in college um, and also masculine. And I was very much focused on trying to improve myself, trying to get more grounded, trying to get more open. And I had very difficult experiences I wasn't able to really process all of them. I was filled with a lot of uh, fears and anxieties and resistance, um, but I kept going. And it just, I, I had no idea at this moment really about the research. I just really knew in a way about the energy of the sixties and how that had been crushed, you know, in the Controlled Substances Act 1970 and the research shut down all the work all over the world. But you know, I just really knew about <clears throat> sort of the cultural, the countercultural aspects of it. Um, and so when I was 
in the sort of depths of my um, difficulties from these psychedelic experiences, I went to uh, the guidance counselor at college, at New College in Sarasota, Florida. And I said, I need help with my psychedelic trips. And I was just so lucky, talk about uh, karma in a sense, uh, but this uh, guidance counselor happened to have a manuscript copy of Realms of the Human Unconscious, <clears throat> Observations from LSD Research, Dan's first book, which wasn't actually published till 1975. This was 1972, and he had a manuscript copy, and he gave it to me to read. And it was reading that book that persuaded me that I was going to devote my life to psychedelics. And that was sort of the fundamental turning point because it was something that I could trust. It was science looking at the realms of the human unconscious. And it also talked about the mystical experience as one of the possible realms. And I was very much impressed by not just that experience, but by the political implications of it. That if we were really to understand how we're connected so intimately and so deeply with everything that there is, that would be the antidote to prejudice, genocide, environmental destruction. So it was really through Stan's work. And at the time, I asked my guidance counselor if I could write a letter to Stan. He actually had Stan's address. And so here I am, this confused 18-year-old uh, freshman in college, and I send a letter to Stan. And um, he answered me back. It was just, you know, shocking and said that he was giving a workshop uh, that summer out in California. So I hitchhiked across America and ended up at the workshop at the Man Ranch. And, and that was just solidifying things for me that this was the direction of my life. I, I soon came to realize that I was uh, very ungrounded. And I spent uh, 10 years basically uh, building things. Um, getting grounded in the physical world. I had no contact with Stan. I had no contact with anybody really involved in psychedelics other than the books. So I felt that this decade, the books were my key into understanding a lot of the books that I had read about in Stan's book, uh, Realms of the Human Unconscious. So the books became um, alive for me. And 10 years after that, in 1982, I went back to college as a freshman and the very first semester that I was in college, I was just there a few days, and there was a workshop that uh, Stan and Christina were giving at Esalen called The Mystical Quest. And so I arranged to get college credit to do off-campus study and to go do this workshop with Stan and Christina at Esalen. So this was like this 10-year process of working on myself, getting grounded. And while I was at this workshop, uh, a woman, Debbie Harlow, who was not in the workshop, but she came by Esalen. And she said there was this new drug called Adam, that it was really something that would uh, help you talk to uh, other people better, help you be better listeners, help you be more open to love and connections. And I um, you know, heard about it also as something that had escaped into being a party drug called ecstasy. So it was both Adam as an underground therapy drug and then also this party drug. And it was, um, I, I like to say I was um, stupid enough to underestimate it, but smart enough to buy some. <laughs> because I thought if you can sit around with a bunch of people talking, you know, how profound can that be? Since you take a bunch of LSD, you can't even talk during parts of it. But when I went home and did it with my girlfriend and I was shocked at how profound it was. And I realized 
that when I read about Stan's work in 72, that was after the backlash. And here I was reading about him and experiencing MDMA before the backlash. So that got me really, um, again, focused on being political and being trying to bring MDMA back uh, or to protect it from the inevitable um, pressure that was come down on it because of Nancy Reagan and, and Ronald Reagan and escalation of the drug war and just say no. So it was really because of, of Stan that I sort of was then connected to MDMA and to devote myself to that. Um, I wanted to get a um, clinical psych PhD and back uh, in 87 when I graduated and I tried to get, get into various graduate schools and nobody would let me in. It was very, very frustrating. But then I realized that because the uh, politics was in the way of the science, I really needed to study the politics. So I kind of left this whole career behind of trying to become a psychedelic therapist. And I ended up going to the Kennedy School of Government to get my um, master's in public policy, later my PhD, which was really hard. It was hard to like abandon all of this um, really primary focus on psychedelics. And that was the same time that Stan and Christina had started the first training in breathwork and holotropic breathwork, the first certification training. So I did that from 88 to 90 during the time that I was also at the Kennedy School getting my master's degree. And so I felt that that was the balance. I was learning about the deep inner work through holotropic breathwork and then learning about the deep outer work about cultural change and sort of sick public policies. Um, so that, that sort of kept me streamed together. And then the fourth and final turning, well, not final, but the fourth key moment was in 2000 when I was at an ayahuasca conference that was Ralph Metzner had organized it. It was the first ayahuasca conference ever. And while I was there, a fellow Michael Midhofer came up to me uh, who I did not know. He was a member of MAPS, but I did not know him. And he approached me and said that he would be interested in what could we do about uh, bringing psychedelic research and bringing psychedelics forward. And his first thought was, let's do a, a clinic somewhere, an offshore clinic. Where can we find this loophole somewhere to set up this clinic? But what he also shared is that he had been through the breath work with Stan and Christina, that his influence had been through Stan and Christina as well. And so the moment where we, we Michael and I, for like 15 minutes, we talked about how um, I don't wanna do offshore clinics, want to change things from the heart of the beast from the inside out. And I told Michael we could uh, work through the FDA. And he said that he was also an expert in PTSD. And we settled on MDMA for PTSD. And I think if he had never, of course, had that breathwork uh, training with Stan, that uh, he never would approach me. And that's where we began the whole work uh, now 22 years ago with MDMA to make it into a medicine for PTSD. So at all these four critical moments, Stan was intimately part of it and a key in all of these turning points. And I just want to honor you, Stan, and you also, Brigida, for keeping this flame alive and how fundamental these uh, moments have been. In our thank you so much. Wow, thank you, Rick. <laughs> and, you know, highlighting what you said about the books, you know, the books being so important as as ways of transmission into the future, the present and the future. Thank you for all the books you've written, Stan, around this subject. And, and, and Susan Loger, uh, you've made this incredible film, which is also going to be this beautiful transmission 
um, of Stan's life and work. You want to say a few things? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think, first of all, um, thank you so much for this opportunity to honor Stan uh, on this important day. And so much gratitude towards Stan and his wife, Brigitte, for uh, their wonderful friendship and guidance and participation in the process of making the documentary. They were very much a part of making sure of the accuracy so that everything that we, that we provide in the film accurately represents the techniques that Stan developed, the thinking behind it, the process that he went through in order to develop it. And, and in the course of making the movie, what I realized was that this 30 plus year journey that I've been on after what I now know was a spiritual emergence in my mid twenties, uh, all the techniques that I, that I encountered, that I used, that, that guided me on this process were in some way, um, thanks to Stan. He, he was at Esalen for 14 years as a scholar in residence. He organized international transpersonal association conferences around the world. And in the course of making the documentary, <coughs> I interviewed Rupert Sheldrake and Rupert said something really amazing. He honored Stan for creating an environment where ideas could be exchanged freely, that there wasn't the fear of being ostracized or losing tenure or no longer being published, that there was this free exchange of ideas, collaboration, and what came out of it were the techniques and the approaches and the perspectives that, that guided me on my journey. And then when it came to making the movie and I began to learn about Stan's life and recognized that the subjects we would be interviewing were the very people that whose work had inspired me and allowed me to, to find my way to him, it was just amazing. It seemed like such a perfect full circle that to make the movie as a way of honoring Stan and, and really recognizing the source of, of wisdom that had made such a difference in my life. So I'm truly honored and uh, grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, Susan. Uh, Will- you know, We always say that, uh, that uh, what, you, what you did, that you, uh, you know, not only work it in an amazing way, thinking all the people who are in the film, you, you spent at least for, hour and a half and they became interviews from it um, but also uh, you have done quite a few uh, experiences this is not something that, that you just did from the camera no there, there was an awful a, yeah a lot of a lot of personal <laughs> research involved in this project and uh and so <laughs> i i don't think i could have done it without um your example of courage, Stan, I don't think I would have had the capacity to just face the challenges, um, to embrace the, the discomfort and the pain, and to work through it to find something greater on the other side. So I'm profoundly grateful for the example that you set. And so it's, such and a, it's such a great film, you know, it's you, you, Susan, you did such a wonderful job. You were so much in service of, of really bringing Stan's person, person and his life work through 
to to the public and also you you were you know you, you did your own own journey and i i love that part when you drink ayahuasca and you think it doesn't work and you drink more and more and then and you're really in trouble and and you show that and you and, and you know you admit all this and you really walk the path and you, it's so great i really love you for that it's so good thank you yeah, thank you and and so and so many future people, thank you, that haven't seen the film yet and will receive the transmission uh, of Stan's work through that film. And so important for all the future for the planet, for as many people as possible to, to hear this story. Uh, will, would you like to take the baton next? Thank you, David and Stan. What a privilege to be here honoring you and your incredible work. So for me, uh, the impact has been, I would say, fourfold. First of all, the methodology of self-discovery that Stan developed and refined, both psychedelic therapy and holotropic breathwork or Groff breathwork. Uh, and Stan did this with such integrity courage and mastery, and then trained thousands of others, of which I am one of those uh, beneficiaries. And for those of us who've had the privilege to work with these methods over the past 30 years and witnessed such incredible healings and transformations, it's been such a gift. And uh, we'll give some examples later in the storytelling part. What this also did was it revealed the absolute resplendence and grandeur and profundity and intricacy of the psyche. That the psyche is so much more profound than the science of psychology has yet discovered. And that's the second part is the impeccable process that Stan followed as a scientist. When I first met Stan, I had just come out of a major encounter with the shadow side of science. I'd become a whistleblower. I had seen the, 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 the the difficult, conflicted side of science deeply. And to meet Stan and to see how he embraced all the data and that he followed wherever the data led. And this is so rare in science even today. It's so painful too, because it, science holds itself back by this betrayal of its own foundational principles, but not Stan, Stan Groff. And when that data came in with psychedelics, it was so radical. And Stan just systematically mapped out the territory. No one had done this and laid it all out. The biographical realm, that personal history of each human being from birth to death. Then the perinatal realm, the whole process of birth and death itself and all the spiritual awakenings of that. And then the transpersonal realm and the mythical and the mythological and the psychoid and the spiritual and mystical experiences. And he created this incredible cartography of the psyche. And I wanna say, cause it's been mentioned already once and I was gonna say this in my talk. It's very similar to what Einstein did in physics. And this might embarrass Stan a little bit, but it's so similar. Einstein 120 years ago was facing these anomalous data of you know, the Michelson-Morley experiment mainly, and also uh, the photoelectric effect that you know, launched quantum physics. And here he was, the Michelson-Morley experiment contradicted all of what classical physics taught, the same way that Stan's data contradicted all of what 
Freud and much of what Jung even had taught. And Einstein basically stood with the data and that the speed of light is constant in all frames of reference. And with his conviction that the laws of physics should be the same in all frames of reference, otherwise they aren't laws. And with those two principles, he gave birth, he just followed the consequences of that and gave birth to relativity theory, special relativity, and then followed up with general relativity and the whole major revolution in physics that he precipitated or helped precipitate. And I wanna submit that Stan basically, along with a few other pioneers, did the same thing in founding the entire discipline of transpersonal psychology. They did for psychology what Einstein and quantum physics did for physics. Third, this word holotropic means not only moving towards wholeness and healing, it also speaks to the nature of the psyche itself, which is holographic in structure and is infinite. As Stan said once, I remember in the training that really impacted me, he said, my deepest conviction is that each of us is everything. And that through these methodologies, we discover, we have an experiential way of discovering this for ourselves. What Rumi said, for example, Rumi said, the human being is not a single drop of water from the infinite ocean. The human being is the infinite ocean contained in a single drop. And this is what our beloved Thich Nhat Hanh called interbeing. So profoundly, and just take a moment of bowing to this beloved Bodhisattva who as most of you probably know passed away just yesterday. The last part that I wanna to speak to is archetypal cosmology. Stan's profound discovery together with Rick Turner's that the ancient tradition of archetypal transit astrology is the best system for predicting the archetypal character and precise timing of the deepest processes of psycho-spiritual transformation in every individual human being. It is such an astounding revelation. And once again, Stan was decades ahead of his time and has been ridiculed mightily, even by some of the fellow pioneers of transpersonal psychology for this. But he is spot on as usual. And now there are at least 70 peer-reviewed scientific studies bearing out all of these aspects of astrology that Stan and Rick have been studying for years and which will be coming forth in this new film about Rick's work in particular called Changing of the Gods. So I wanna just conclude by saying, Stan unveiled the nature of the psyche for us all to see. The psyche is the mediator between the physical universe and the spiritual cosmos. It is the gateway to the infinite that is available to every human being through the depths of the heart. And so Psyche Unbound is incredibly well titled because Psyche is infinite. And Stan has opened that up for the world. Thank you. We have seen, Brigitte and I have seen uh, uh, how you work, you and Cynthia, how you work with, uh, uh, including uh, holotropic breathwork, uh, you're bringing uh, uh, between uh, men and women. And you've also done quite amazing uh, things uh, with uh, ecology and, you know, working with politics and so on. Uh, you have really developed this uh, far, far beyond, you know. 
Thank you, Stan. No, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Stan. And it's been really your methodology and the work you've done has helped me to do all of the work that I do and has also been such an inspiration to follow my truth regardless of the response from my peers at times. So you've been a real uh, model in that regard. Bless you. I have to tell you, when some, some of the uh, most interesting uh, uh, participant, you know, in, in the training, because you really <laughs> came uh, uh, with scientists, you know, scientists, scientists, and uh, you didn't sort of uh, let me anything sort of say easily. <laughs> but then when you came out of it, you are way beyond, uh, you know, where I was. Well I, well, I was kind of ruthless. You know, as I said, I'd come out of this scientific skeptical uh, whole experience and I was demanding proof uh, from what Stan was saying every other paragraph. And some of the other trainees at lunch would tell me, you're irritating and you keep interrupting him, why don't you? But Stan was loving it. He was answering every question and he could do it. And he brought all this incredible data and my mind was just blown and expanded by what you were bringing. So um, thank you for bearing with me in my <laughs> youthful exuberance. You're a really great, great student, you know. Thank you, thank you so much. I, I just, I love the comparison with Einstein. I, I think that is so spot on, you know, the Einstein of the psyche. And as someone who also started out in physics and, and is, uh, consider Einstein a hero, Einstein had an easier time of it because the psyche is just a little too close to home for some folks, for some of us. And, and it's, uh, it's hard to, to approach that in the same way that we approach uh, the movement of the planets or something like that, or the explosions of stars. So thanks for the courage to stick with the psyche. Uh, Diane, one of the pioneers in taking the breath work into the world? Well, um, Will, you're a hard act to follow. My dear friend, Will, <laughs> my colleague, I have traveled uh, many miles with you and I miss you. So um, I feel quickened by just being in your presence again. And, um, <sighs> You know, I'm going to have a full role this afternoon in panel number three. So I think I'm not going to go into a longer version of my personal story. As a facilitator of groups, I'm very aware of the time here this afternoon and um, or right now. And I'm going to have more minutes on panel three to, to share more about my personal journey. But I will just say that um, I'm approaching. 74. I'm at Stan in my 30s, and my whole professional and personal life have, have been informed by his work. And I've had the good fortune. Um, I'm a direct service kind of person. Um, I have had the good fortune of actually traveling 
withstands in so many parts of the world, bringing transpersonal psychology, bringing the breath work to countries in South America, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, working in Russia, working in Ukraine, working most recently together with Brigitte and Stan in China for several weeks. So uh, it, my life has been so enriched by Stan's work, and I know he knows that. Um, what I do want to mention uh, before I uh, depart is that uh, there are so many of us who are passionate in this way about Stan's contribution to psychology and to our lives professionally and personally. So in 2020, despite the pandemic, some of us have created a not-for-profit organization called the Groff Legacy Project USA.org. And you have that information in the chat function. And we'll keep and um, happens to be on our board of directors. We have a really dedicated group of people. It's a a startup organization. We want to be a placeholder. We want actually to preserve. Uh, we want to protect and we want to promote Stan's work and actually see it embedded in the culture um, in ways that we might not even uh, be able to imagine at this time. I have felt like we have just begun to scratch the surface in terms of the application of Stanton's work in healthcare and education, in terms of um, all kinds of social and cultural issues. And my work with Will opened my eyes to uh, the ways in which breath work could be embedded in other contexts and, and actually just uh, enhance and potentiate the experience. Um, so please, uh, you have the contact information. We'd love to hear from you. We need thinking partners. We need support on a variety of levels. Um, but as a witness to what is happening today in the field of psychedelic, the training of psychedelic therapists, I actually feel it's just critical that we preserve Stan's particular contribution. Um, I think he, you know, way back in LSD psychotherapy, he offered us the template for best practices when it comes to psychedelic psychotherapy. And um, I, I'd like to dedicate my, the rest of my working years to, to really the, the promotion of, of his work. So um, I hope some of you will be attending the third panel as well. It's been such an infusion, uh, a soulful infusion for me to be here this morning and to be included. Thank you, Stan. Yeah. So thank you, David. Diane, Good to see you. <laughs> thank you, Diane. I mean, I just, we have been, you know, for, for years uh, doing things together. And uh, what I, what I remember, remember that uh, at the time when there was a crisis in, in uh, South America, uh, you were the person who was going there, basically not getting anything, you know. Money, not being paid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, being paid. yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, today now the big, big money is now happening, you know, uh, 
and uh, it was amazing that you 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 went much more for uh, for what you want to create rather than uh, what you make. That's a fact. <laughs> and, and I have members always after we, when we were doing holotropic breathwork, you know, and having talking after after uh, uh, the sessions, you know, I just love those uh, debates, debates, you know, the discussions between the, discussions, the debates, debates. debates. Yeah. And I'm glad that you have now again the possibility to continue really freely. And I just want to say, Diane, working with you has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. We have done this work together for so many years, and I'm so honored to be on the board, serving on the board of the Graf Legacy Project with you and working together to basically sustain this legacy. Well, thank you. And, and Diane, you know, thank you nailed it with what you said about what's happening now with the training in psychedelic therapy with things rolling out so quickly and all the commodification and corporatization. It's all, it's more critical than ever that stands transmissions of, uh, of how powerful these materials are and what they occasion in the, for opening the psyche. Uh, that folks are learning the skills uh, important to to be with that. So thanks for continuing that transmitted process. Thank you, David. So we're running, the clock is moving. And uh, <laughs> I know that Brigitte and Stan, you had some stories you wanted to share. Uh, do you feel like this is a good time to do that? But actually, I, I wanted before we start with stories, I want to want to do a short sharing how Stan influenced my life. This is pretty obvious. I mean, I could say Stan is my life and my love. And uh, and, uh, you know, it's meeting Stan in my early years and, and knowing what he's writing is right. I knew, always knew it's the truth and having the privilege to come to Esalen with 26 years old and just so everything I've, I've studied psychology before, but that was not really interesting. And so, so basically, my whole professional life has been uh, holotropic from from the beginning. And uh, and uh, the love, the love to to stand and it's just my life and uh, to being loved and by this wonderful, wonderful man. And it's I've never met anybody like this. He's just the best person I've ever met. And. Uh, you know, you all know him, you all love him too, because because of that. And just such a, this is the seriousness of the scientist and the silliness that, that he can have at the same time. And I mean, I, I could I could accept all these outrageous experiences because he's such a such a such a scientist with such deep knowledge and integrity. I mean, he can talk about the most far out stuff and be totally grounded and and he's had kept his integrity all his life, you know, he's not never done anything weird. And we all know that in these areas, things can get out of control badly. And so, so and I've never met anybody. He, he's just so strong and has so such a 
big energy and such and he's so humble at the same time and gentle at the same time so i could go on and on and on it's just you're just the best person he doesn't like it but it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know when i have to share this i share a story when we when we reunited and i was so happy and so excited and i i said to paul's brother i said you know your brother is just the most wonderful person I've ever met, you know, and Stanton said, no, I can't say that, you know, don't say that, it's too much. And so we negotiated and we ended up, I could say, Stan is the best thing since since the sliced bread, you know. So that was how we started. And now years later, I said, you're the best person in the world. And you say, he says, in the world? What about galaxies? And said, oh, in the galaxies, it says, what about black holes? <laughs> And so we have we have upgraded in our you know taking in love, which is also not so easy as you all know. So I'm I'm feel very privileged to be married to you. Mm-hmm. So we are working on a hundred years. I'm taking good care of him. Anyway, David asks a story. Yes, he's probably expected a, a psychedelic story. Actually, uh, the most amazing thing I experienced was actually synchronicity. Uh, Actually, when we work with um, holotropic, uh, uh, not just that, but anything, anything that's related with uh, transpersonal psychology, uh, this uh, synchronicity always uh, increase. Mm for example, even in, in training, but then certainly when we were doing it in ITA, in the International Transpersonal Conference, you know, there's just an enormous synchronicity happening. And Elan Muktananda, mm-hmm. you know, there's just unbelievable synchronicities. And this is the most amazing synchronicity that I've ever seen, ever experienced. Uh, it happened during uh, our first trip to China, uh, it was um, Bill Melton and and uh, and uh, May Zhu. She uh, arranged this wonderful, wonderful uh, conference to, to to China, and uh, we had a group of uh, uh, facilitators. And my brother Paul was going there, and uh, partner Mary and uh, Diane was there. Diane and Diane was there, you know. So we came uh, for the first time, we were bringing basically transpersonal psychology to China and, and also holotropic breathwork. We were doing uh, uh, sessions, workshops. And uh, we were in the first one, uh, which was in uh, Jina, which, which is a place where uh, Confucius was, uh, was uh, born, the, you know, amazing. Uh, uh, master, spiritual master, and also philosopher. And uh, we were in a, in a hotel there, and when we were looking out of it, there was this gigantic statue of uh, uh, of him. And uh, we were also going every every morning and in the evening, we're going around the this uh, statue. And uh, uh, after the evening, we were in in. Uh, uh, dinner and one of the participants came uh, her name was Meng which means actually uh, in Chinese means uh, dream 
And she came to me and said, Stan, uh, I had a dream about you. And I said, well, what was it about? And she said, well, uh, my great grandfather, mother, uh, mother, mother. great mother, uh, grandmother, uh, showed up. And uh, she told me that uh, we have four ventures for uh, generations. We have uh, generations. generations. We have uh, a very important uh, and very interesting uh, stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, uh, this should go to Dr. Groff. We have actually a photo of that one. Right? We have a yeah. photo of Peter. We have a photo. Well, one thing is you should have given you some information. Then when we created the ITA, the International Transversal Association, we were looking no, for a logo. The stone. We need the stone, not the whales. Peter, the stone, stone. <laughs> not the whales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the stone, yes. <laughs> okay, so when we were looking uh, for ITA, we were looking for uh, uh, a, symbol, logo. a logo. A logo. And we wanted something with uh, sacred uh, geometry. And we came out of this uh, chamber, Oculus. Uh, so now I'm go- going back to, to dinner. Uh, then she bring a little uh, bag, which is beautiful blue velvet, velvet like, a, like a Shiva blue, and uh, took it out. And, and there was this uh, chambered Nautilus. And the most interesting thing is that they picked it up in the top of the uh, Mount uh, Everest, Everest, Everest in the Himalayas. The Himalayas, mm-hmm. and uh, this is, uh, of course, coming from from uh, the ocean. It is a it is a mollusk, you know, from the ocean, mm-hmm. and ended up you know, at the top of the uh, Himalayas, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when I studied it, uh, what happened supposedly that about uh, 50 million years, uh, there was a, a, a collision of the uh, of the uh, tectonic uh, plates, plates, uh, mm-hmm. plates yeah. and uh, was explosion of uh, 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 the um, uh, volcanic volcanic okay. explosion mm-hmm. and. So these things came from the from the ocean. Mm-hmm. So uh, here we are, sort of bringing into into uh, China, you know, uh, holotropics like uh, psychology and and uh, trans- transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal psychology, mm-hmm. and you know, we we, we get the uh, as a as a fossil, we get we get. A, uh, logo of, of our yes. trans, transpersonal psychology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like a synchronicity, you know, that that uh, waited for for fifty million years. <laughs> now I was showing it then in in Peking uh, uh, um, University. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, China? The, the, no, it, much more, much more of an interest in, in uh, transpersonal psychology than about this incredible uh, synchronicity. That was more so interesting in, for the people. They were even in, well, in, the, in, the, in the press, you know. In the press, in the press. it in was all press. over the press. In the press, unbelievable synchronicity. And now they think incredible as the holotropic breaths work. So what you see here, this is, this is the logo that we have for the ITA. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is the, uh, the uh, pop seal, and then uh, uh, to see how how big it is. I was I was holding it in in my hand. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Maybe I should mention uh, we were like in in a whole uh, world of of uh, uh, magic because yeah. there was one synchronicity after another. Maybe the next. Can you show the next picture, that, please, Peter, uh, with. Uh, Stan and um, yes, this one. Yeah, but our organizers, you know, choose the uh, the evening in the uh, university in uh, Peking, Beijing, Peking, and uh, uh, Jack uh, Cornfield at that time was in Singapore for some kind of a Buddhist uh, Buddhist. Uh, uh, conference mm-hmm. and they say well, well why don't you go sideways and and go uh, to china and so they they chose for the for the same kind of evening and then for a while they were they were sort of discussing against it mm-hmm. and they made it a, a evening you know a discussion of uh cornfield and cross mm-hmm. and i would say just one of the many synchronicities that happened we were going from uh, Jinan on a on a uh, train, and we were two people who were part of our conference, and they were coming. The they were part of the part of the journey, uh, but they they were still in uh, other parts of China, and one of them was coming from North China, the other one from from South China, and they were getting a ticket for the for the train but they did not talk to each other no they did not no, know they about didn't. Independ- independently mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up not only in the same uh, um, wagon of, of, a, of a wrong train but actually in the department where we were in the, the group and they ended up adjacent to next uh, to, to each other to the uh, to each other Wild. Yeah. Well, this was this was at that uh, at that time when mm-hmm. uh, when we uh, connected with with uh, Jack, you know, not knowing we've, that we've never seen each other, uh, you know, in some in another well, you country. Did, you it's didn't know that there were, you were both would be there. We so were doing many of it, but only when we arranged it and came together somewhere. But but synchronicity sort of coming to, to uh, China, you know, for for the fighting for the same uh, stage of the uh, <laughs> of the evening yeah right well that's those are gorgeous stories you know thank you stan brigitta uh, 
Yeah. Maybe, I mean, should we maybe continue with the other people so they have time to share their stories as well? Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, why, why don't we go if we have enough time, we can do another one. Uh, I, I don't know what the what the policy is for City Lights since we were supposed to uh, end at 12.30, but I, I'm happy to keep going. I mean, this is great. So okay. as long as nobody's coming, turning us off, we can go for a few. You want to share, share the whales, sweetheart? Okay, I'll try to make it very short. Okay, <laughs> now we can see the whales, Peter. The P Peter, the whales. <laughs> you know, I've been in many dangerous situations, you know, obviously with, with uh, uh, psychedelic. <laughs> you have seen the, the book of the uh, uh, impossible. When the impossible when, happens, when the happens as a collection of stories. Quite a, quite a story. Of Stan's life. Pretty, pretty wild. Uh, but this was the most dangerous situation when we, when we experienced the union. Uh, uh, Reunion. We actually always liked very much rail. Uh, uh, Rails. And uh, as I, I called on the telephone, and on the telephone, she told me that uh, she's just coming to Mexico. Uh, for um, meaning, uh, meaning mothers, mothers and babies in, in uh, the whales. In whales. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we did it together. And you have some of the picture now? No, I don't have a lot. This was okay. in, in Baja California. They are, they are going down there to have the babies. And you go by little boats and wait. And when you are lucky, the mothers bring the babies. A situation where it you cannot go towards the, where you're just there. Yeah. And they are very curious, and they bring these babies and put them so close that people can can uh, uh, castle, kiss on the nose. <laughs> so we just love this, and then then we found some time later that it's actually possible to go, and when you can swim with the with the uh, whales, uh, whales, you know, and. Um, no, I wasn't. Oh, this picture is me and the whale. So the, yeah. that's where you go. We had to go in a, in a boat for about nine hours out uh, in the ocean and stayed there for one week. From and then a small, from, from, yeah, small from. groups, two boats with small groups went and we, we went to, to in the water just waiting, you know. We had very good no, guides. No. How was I? Older than them, uh, 89. 89. 89. 89 with a stroke. With a stroke you know, and then with a, uh, with a um, pacemaker. <laughs> pacemaker and vice blood, pacemaker. Blood thinners. And blood thinners. So, you know, there are many possibilities <laughs> that I could uh, could uh, die there. But I really wanted to get this last possibility to to have that experience with the with the um, whales. It was really and amazing. It was amazing. And uh, uh, <laughs> the dangers that happened actually at the time when we saw already everything was over and we were going to the to the shore. That, yeah, that was and we wanted to have a wonderful uh, dinner for that in the Dominican Republic. On the on the on the land. Well, I I was really protecting Stan all the time, you know, being sure he doesn't get hurt, kicked by a whale or by uh, other people or anything. 
but uh but but then the last evening i was i, I was a bit had a cold and we were already in the harbor and the group wanted to go for dinner and i said okay i, I let go of stan i mean he can go with the group and have dinner and then the next thing i see i i turn around there was a little bridge from the boat to the to the land and stan walks over the bridge and the bridge collapses and stan i mean the the the, the railing collapsed and stan fell on this bridge and I was like, oh my goodness. And so, but unfortunately, nothing happened. Back, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. And they took care of him then to on the street. Well, it was this was in a Dominican Republic. And it was really, I, I really have no Baja was the first meeting where you go on the boat and they bring the, the mothers bring the babies. But the swimming was in a Dominican Republic. And I have to say the we had really very wonderful crew and they were very respectful with the animals, no chasing or anything, just really, just really uh, respecting their, their boundaries. And so, so I think we, we haven't really said that this is, this is the possibility when you can experience because uh, this time and in that area, uh, the um, uh, mothers are taking the babies uh, and around waiting and uh, for some time uh, they are um, for some reason they go to the to the bottom for uh, resting and they stay there for you know uh, 20 30 minutes and so the the proof will find you know where it is happening and we go there and waiting for a few minutes and then we just go and comes like a torpedo you know into the between us that up into the ocean well, it was a, it was very, very beautiful, but it was a little bit of a challenge with him on the side. And, and I mean, you have to, the whale has about the size of a house and the baby has the size of a garage and they are, they are free animals, you know, that you never know where they come up. I once had one under me, he just came up and I thought I would be sitting on, on the tail or something like that. And so, so with, with him being bleeding, a bleeding person, bleeding to death, danger and things like that was... It I was not I, very relaxing for me, I have to say. It was wonderful, but not so relaxing. I think psychedelics are safer than <laughs> at least for me at that time. Yeah. Yes. So now we, we, we have switched more to inward journeys. Thank you days. so much. Thank you so much for, the, for, for sharing that. I, you know, it's, um, I think it's telling that uh, these enormous, clearly very intelligent creatures who are in the open ocean and can go far if they away from you if they wish, choose to come right up and be with you. And I mean, it seems like a message, you know, that uh, that mm -hmm. they want to connect with us, maybe help yeah. humans better understand the interconnectivity mm -hmm. of life. And mm -hmm. and uh, it's been said several times today that your work, Stan, is so many. It, it's uh, it's it's revolutionary and it's pioneering and it's really years ahead of the rest of the field and I hope it's not too many years ahead because it's uh, it's really more important than ever that these transmissions really get traction uh, for for the future of the biosphere and for the geosphere and, for and you know I, now when when uh, people will have again possibility of of doing uh, sessions they can they can. Um, uh, com confirm, you know, the the, the uh, 
cartography of that, that it's not limited just to postnatal experiences, but you have to go, you know, through through uh, the matrices, uh, birth matrices, and and go to transversal uh, to um, you know mythology mm-hmm. and to the to archetype. You know. Yeah, yeah. This is, so this the, is real. Yeah. The really? cartography is just amazing, you know, as compared to what we what we were using in in uh, uh, mm-hmm. psychiatry and psychology. It's real empirical science. Well, David, I can I interject? I would love to tell a very brief story, a holotropic breathwork story that actually saved many thousands of lives. Well, if. Uh, it- if it, I've been given the message that we need. Yeah, we, we have the new, the next session is actually starting in about oh, okay. 15 minutes. It's in the, it's Will, in the book. Can you, are you coming to any of the other sessions? Um, I could come to them. I was planning. I mean, there's also yeah. Ozo. I mean, if, if you want to pop right. into Ozo, okay, that, that would be a perfect place to do it's it. It's also, yeah. it's also in the book. So yeah. <laughs> I know we're, we're, I, I, there's people waiting in the other room. I, I totally understand. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I can't think of, 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 of a better way to inaugurate the proceedings. This has been such a wonderfully rich discussion. Also such a great honor to have you both Brigitte and Stan with mm. us here today. Uh, David, such a wonderful, wonderful job interlocuting. Really appreciate it. Thank you all to the participants, to those of you in the Zoom room who've joined us. This event has been made possible from support by the City Lights Foundation, carrying on the legacy of our late founder, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Uh, Next session begins at 1 p.m. It's called Psychotherapy and Consciousness. It will feature uh, Dr. Janice Phelps as moderator with appearances by Michael Mithofer, uh, Joan Halifax, Charles Grobe, Paul Groff, and Jenny Wade. So we hope to see you all there. Thank you, everyone. Can I just say one one minute? Yes, Yes, please. Yes. And which is about about, uh, uh, Rick Doblin, you know. We all talking about the Renaissance, and this is basically something that Rick and Maps have, have done. And that's uh, amazing, amazing. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for that. And uh, we are ever grateful to be doing this with Maps and with Synergetic Press. So everybody, please be well, be safe, and we will see you soon. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so to David, unbelievable. (laughs) Yes, thank you, David. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody watching this. Thank you for being there. Thanks for listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast from City Lights Bookstore and Publishers. Our theme music was provided by Axolotl. All City Lights events are free. To see upcoming events at City Lights Bookstore in San Francisco, check out www.citylights.com events.